0: You're listening to The Bible Revealed, a podcast empowering you to understand the Bible and transform your faith. If you've ever felt intimidated or unsure about reading your Bible, then this show is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, equipped, and strengthened in your faith. And now, here's your host, Pastor Phil Ayers. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Phil Ayers. And you're listening to The Bible Revealed. It's a podcast that I started several weeks ago. It's designed to help you connect and get to know your Bible better. And of course, what I want you to do is be able to grow your faith as you are able to get to know God better through His Word. Now, if you've ever felt intimidated or if you've ever been a little bit hesitant, you looked at that Bible on the nightstand or on your shelf and it's really thick and there's all those weird Old Testament names and it's been a little bit confusing, then trust me, this is the show for you because I believe everybody can be equipped uh, to read the Bible on their own. Now on today's show, I want to talk about four surefire ways for you to gain wisdom. But before I do that, I would love to send you something for free. It's my book called Flannel Jesus, More Than a One-Dimensional Savior. If you want to get that book for free, it's very easy. All you've got to do is head over to my website, philairs.me that's spelled Phil dot me. Jump on my email list, I'll send you an audio version of the book, or just look for the link in the show notes. Now you can buy the book on Amazon for $12.95, but if you want a free version of the book, I will send you a link so that you can download it and listen to it whenever you'd like. Okay, before we get to our main content, I'm going to do a brand new segment called Ask a Pastor. So what I've done is I put this out to a few friends of mine. I said, hey, if you have any questions about the Bible or any questions about God or faith, I want to do my best to try to answer those. And so we did receive a few. And this very first one is from Cassandra. And I'm going to ask our new producer, Dylan, if he would go ahead and read that question for us, and we'll see if we can answer it. Cassandra asks, does it really say in the Bible all sin is equal? Is there a reference in the Bible to some sins being worse than others? Well, Cassandra, that is a great question and it's something that I hear frequently. Are all sins equal and does it say anywhere in the Bible that all sins are equal? So quick answer to the question, are all sins equal? Yes and no, but mostly yes. And does it say it anywhere in the Bible? Well, sort of. When it comes to sin... All sins are equal in the eyes of God in the fact that they can be forgiven. I think when somebody asks the question, are all sins equal, what they're really asking is, is there some things that are really, really bad and some things that are not so bad? Like, is there a sin so bad that God couldn't forgive it? And the answer to that question is no. The only exception might be this thing where there were some guys who were giving Jesus a hard time when he was healing somebody or casting a demon out and, um... And they basically said that Jesus was working by the power of Satan, and he called that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Most theologians agree that that's a sin that can't be replicated now because Jesus isn't here on the earth. But all sins that we're going to face can be forgiven, whether it's a small lie or whether it is a, a bad thought, an angry thought, an evil thought, a lustful thought, or all the way up to murder. The Bible is clear. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. David himself wrote in the book of Psalms 32, verse 5, Then I confessed my sins to you. I did not conceal my wrongdoings. I decided to confess them to you, and you forgave all my sins. And David got himself into some serious trouble. He committed adultery, and he even arranged the murder of Bathsheba, uh, who was the woman he committed adultery with. He arranged her husband's murder to cover up this adultery, and God still forgave his sins. Now, even though sin is equal in the eyes of God in the fact that it can be forgiven It is not equal in terms of the effect sin has here in society or personally or emotionally. And you can even see that in the book of Exodus and Leviticus, where God gives some guidelines for how to punish people depending on their sin. So, for example, if you were a thief and you stole something, the penalty was for you to pay restitution four times the amount that you stole. However, if you were somebody who committed adultery or engaged in the act of homosexuality or cursed their parents, they were to be put to death. So you can see that in terms of the societal repercussions of sin, it's not the same. And I think that's true today. You know, if you are somebody who is constantly lying the, you can ask God to forgive you and he will forgive you, but the consequence of that lie is that people will distrust you. Um, If you were to commit adultery, you could ask God to forgive you and you could ask your husband or your wife to forgive you, uh, but uh, God will forgive you, but your husband or wife may not be able to forgive you, or it may tear your family apart. So in that way, There is a different level to sin. Now, the good news for us is that as far as God is concerned, he is willing to forgive us. And I think what's going to happen is when you and I, and when we get to heaven, we may be surprised by some of the people that are in heaven that may have asked for forgiveness of sin, maybe even on their deathbed. And that just proves that God's grace goes above and beyond anything Any expectations that we might have, it's that good. Well, I want to get to our main content today, but first a quick break, and then we'll be right back with four surefire ways to get wisdom now. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? I know it seems complicated, right? You wonder how do you record, edit, add music, then how do you know where to upload that stuff to so that you can get your podcast onto platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the rest? Well, the answer to those questions is this new platform that I'm using called Anchor.fm. You can record, edit, add effects so easily, and you can even do it on your smartphone. Plus, Anchor takes care of uploading to all of those platforms. They even help with graphics and social media sharing, too. It's amazing. So if you want to get your podcast started now, just go to Anchor.fm. start. That's Anchor.fm forward slash start. All right, let's talk about wisdom. The other day, a friend of mine and I, we were talking about getting smarter, and then that sort of turned into this conversation of wisdom and how do you acquire wisdom. And we went back and forth, and suddenly I realized, hey, maybe I should uh, open up the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about wisdom. And so I did that, and boy, the Bible is packed full of information about how to get wisdom. And, you know, wisdom is more than just being smart. Wisdom is more than just being intelligent. Wisdom is sort of the ability to take everything that you know and then apply it properly in every situation. So when you need to make decisions about your family, about your work, about your finances, wisdom is what helps you make those decisions. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of wisdom. And so here's what the Bible says, four surefire ways to get wisdom. The first one is simple. Just ask for it. You want to be wise? You want to be smarter? You want to know how to make good decisions? The first thing you need to, do, need to do is ask for it. Here's the story that comes out of Second Chronicles. King Solomon, widely regarded as the wisest man in history, Um God is pleased with him. And so God goes to him and says, Hey, you can have whatever you want. So almost like this genie thing, you know, like you rub the lamp, I'm going to give you whatever you want. I'm not saying God's a genie. Don't go there. But can you imagine if, if God just came up to you and said, Hey, whatever you want, I'm willing to give it to you. What would you ask for? I'm ashamed to say, I don't know that I would have asked for what I should have asked for. You know, I might've asked for like money or, or, uh, or an awesome car. Or I don't know what. But Solomon says that what he wants is wisdom and understanding. So God is so pleased with what Solomon says that he says, okay, I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you knowledge. But because you passed the test, I'm going to also give you riches and possessions and honor. And it's going to be like nobody else before and nobody else after. It's a cool story. Now, we don't need to go into detail now. Solomon, he he doesn't stay the wisest guy. He does make some great mistakes. It's, that's just goes to show you that even the things God gives us that are good, we might might mishandle those things. But the question remains: Does God give out wisdom like He did back then? Well, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it says that He does. James, who is the brother of Jesus, writes this: If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. That's James chapter 1, verse 5. Now there's a couple of key words in there. So it says, if any of you, so it's open to anybody, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. He doesn't just like sort of parcel it out, gives generously to all without reproach. Meaning there's, there's no expectations back for us to give something to him. He's willing to give it if we ask for it. So my question to you is, when was the last time you prayed? And when was the last time you prayed for wisdom and said, God, I want to be wiser. I want to be smarter. I want knowledge and I want understanding. Well, if you haven't, now's the time to get started. So number one, you want wisdom, ask for it. Number two, you want wisdom, seek it. I live in Florida and every once in a while we go to the beach. We don't actually go to the beach as much as you would think that somebody who lives in Florida goes to the beach. Maybe once a year. I know that's shocking to some people. But whenever I'm at the beach, I always see one of those uh, guys with the metal detector. Okay, they've got the headphones on and they're scanning over the sand. And I guess they're listening for a beep. And then they, they sort of, you know, go down on their, on a knee. And they've got this little sort of spade digging shovel. And I never know if they find anything or not. It seems fascinating. I mean, maybe they're finding wedding rings or change or something. But what I love about that is that they're looking for something. And they know that they can find it if they have the right equipment. Well, the same thing is true for us. We have the equipment to find wisdom. It's in the Bible. So, if you want to find wisdom, if you want to hear from God, you have to go to the Bible. Now, one of those places is in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, most of those written by Solomon again. And as it turns out, Solomon was a little bit worried about how his sons were doing and whether they were doing the right thing. So, he decided to write a book and encourage his boys to look for wisdom. In Proverbs chapter two verse four, he calls wisdom a hidden treasure. He sort of equates it to silver and gold, precious rubies. Like he's saying, it's valuable, and just like you would look for valuables, you would look for treasure and and um, and and money and stuff like that. He says, if you want to be smart, you've got to look for it. So we look for it in the Bible. Obviously, the Bible has a lot to say about it. But do you know that you can also look for wisdom? Uh, in the people in your life that have been where you are now. Let me say that again. Do you have people in your life that are older than you? How about your mom? How about your dad? You've got a wise uncle. You've got a uh, a a grandfather who's oozing with stories about the past. Well, guess what? There's tons of wisdom in there if you're willing to listen. I know that's not always the easiest thing to do, especially when it comes to your mom and dad. You don't want to listen to what they have to say. But they know stuff. So you have to ask those people. You know that the people at your church, the, the wise couple, they've, they've raised kids. You got trouble with your kids? Ask them. How about the guy who's built a successful business? You want to know about managing money and finances? Ask that guy. Or maybe the couple that just is always seems like they're so in love and it kind of makes you sick. <laughs> you want to find out what the keys are for a great marriage? ask those people. There are so many opportunities to reach out to the ones who are older and more experienced than we are to find some wisdom. So that's number two. First, ask for it. Number two, seek it. Number three, ooh, this is the hard one. Learn from your mistakes. If you don't ask older and wiser people for guidance, then there's a good chance you're just going to make the same mistakes that they made. And no, there's nothing wrong with that. It just takes longer to gain wisdom that way. If you can learn from somebody else mis- else's mistakes, it's it's much better. I love the quote by Sophia Amoroso. She's a businesswoman, founded this uh, nasty gal fashion. It, she says, the best wisdom is earned through experience, particularly mistakes. So if you make a mistake, if you want to learn from it, there's an important thing you have to do. And that is you have to own the mistake. Not everybody is good at at doing that. You have to own it and say, yeah, I'm the one that messed this up. And next time I'm not going to do this. It's easy to blame somebody else and to say, well, I would have gotten it done on time if it wasn't for traffic. I would have uh, been able to uh, get that project uh, to you if it wasn't for what was happening uh, in the office that day or whatever. You know, it's easy to blame other people, but you have to take ownership for your own mistakes. That way you learn from them. When you take ownership of your mistakes and responsibility, you're going to learn from them and that builds intuition. Intuition isn't some magic thing. People say, well, what's intuition? My wife has intuition, women's intuition. Well, intuition is simply knowing what to do in a situation because last time you did it, you didn't do it right. And eventually it becomes almost like a sixth sense. You just know what to do because you've been in that situation over and over and over. So that's the third thing. Let's review again before we go to number four. First, you ask for it. Second, you seek it. Third, you learn from your mistakes. And number four, share it. Yeah, you've got to give away your wisdom. Some people think wisdom is kind of like a finite thing, like there's just only a, enough to go around and I can't lose any of the wisdom that I have. Well, it becomes finite if you try to hold on to it, if you try to hoard it. That's because wisdom thrives in the, companies, uh, in the company of other people. Proverbs 11, chapter, excuse me, Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14, also written by Solomon, by the way, says, in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Don't keep your good ideas to yourself. Don't keep the lessons you've learned to yourself. If you figured something out about marriage, if you figured something out about kids or finances, you share that with other people freely and then it creates this sort of dialogue back and forth within the body of Christ where people are helping others when the apostle paul wrote to his proteges timothy and titus he told them or he encouraged those guys to make sure that the older men were teaching the younger men and that the older women were teaching the younger women the idea is share their collective experience you don't even have to wait till you're asked you can share that experience And I think that's one of the things that's really lacking in our culture today. Maybe it's technology and and social media. And I know it's easy to blame all of our problems on that stuff. But I don't see people talking with their elders as much as they used to. And I don't see people being willing to take that kind of advice. There's sort of this, this chip we all have on our shoulders saying, look, you don't know my life. You don't know my situation. You can't tell me what's right and what's wrong or things aren't the same. You know what? things haven't changed that much for men and women in terms of relationships and finances and, uh, and things like that. So you can learn from other people and you should pass on your knowledge once you learn it. And I believe when you do that, you'll become wiser in the process. So final thoughts, where do you stand when it comes to wisdom? Do you want more? I sure do. If so, are you willing to take the steps to gain wisdom? And will you make a plan? Will you ask for it? When are you going to pray next? Is it going to be tonight, tomorrow morning? Write it down. Ask God for wisdom. Seek it. Where are you going to find it? Do you have time to read your Bible? Are you willing to get in there? Proverbs is a great place to start. Plenty of wisdom in there. And who else can you talk to in your life about it? And then look back a little bit. What mistakes have you made recently? Maybe mistakes in the last five years that have had a big impact on your life. Have you learned from them? If not, take responsibility for your role in that mistake and then move forward. And then lastly, who can you share your wisdom with? Is it your kids? I know they don't want to listen, but is it your kids? Is it a nephew, a niece? Is it some younger people at church? Who can you pass your wisdom on to? Well, that's all I have for today. Hey, thanks for listening to The Bible Revealed. If you have any questions about the Bible or you just need some pastor, pastoral advice, you can send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to ask a question and be featured in the Ask a Pastor segment, just send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. One last thing, if you can, consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, I'm Phil Ayers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.